välkommen till Succépillen och idag är er vi så heldiga att vi kör från London. And hello all our English listeners today. It's an honor to have you here on board with us. Uh, today we're so lucky to have Robin Charvet from Insight Principles here and he's going to share about our built-in design for success. So please stay tuned for this really interesting uh, half an hour with Robin. Uh, Robin uh, works in Insight Principles. He's originally an engineer, um, worked in Exxon for many, many years. And going from London to UK, where he's born and raised, he moved to Boston in the 90s. And uh, he's been working in Boston and living there with his wife and three football crazy kids uh, since uh, the 90s. With this understanding of the mind, he shares with businesses, uh, multi-billion dollar businesses and uh, I must say it's really the most powerful tool understanding you can have in the business world today. It's a real, real advantage. And I really recommend uh, their book, uh, Invisible Power, Insight Principles at Work. So if you're interested in thriving, whatever you do in your business life and also in your personal life, uh, read that book. But first, welcome Robin Charvid. And... Please, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you share with the, the businesses you work with? Well, I, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, we, we feel privileged to be able to share this understanding. In fact, I feel very privileged to have come across this understanding. And, and I had a curious journey to this. Uh, I'm an engineer by training. Mm. Uh, studied in the UK. I actually did engineering when I graduated then got moved to the business side, uh, running the businesses where I'd done engineering in, so I had a deep knowledge of those businesses. And I did that for about 11 years, running various businesses, and then I got curious about the world of consulting. And the world of consulting is, uh, if you like problem solving, and all engineers like problem solving, the world of consulting is a a, a fabulous place to go because you get lots of opportunities to meet companies. And particularly, you get lots of opportunities to meet brilliant people. Except what I noticed is I would often be in the presence of these brilliant people and they would do really stupid things. I would be with the CEO of a massive company who had grown it from nothing. And then in a meeting, they would they would do something that was just ridiculous. And I would I'd be puzzled given their background, their intelligence. And then the more I reflected on it, the more I saw that I did that too. You know, some days I was brilliant, not often. Some days I was completely out to lunch. We love your British humor, by the way. <laughs> and, and, and most of the time I was somewhere in between the two. Uh, and when I reflected on it, I couldn't really see what was causing that variability. Mm. And I had worked with teams where they'd had no time, no money, you know, they're up against a deadline, and out of nowhere they'd pulled a miracle solution out of a hat. And then conversely, I'd been with teams which had all the time, all the money, all the intelligence, and they couldn't figure out how to order lunch. And so what was it? As a scientist, I was very interested in, and an engineer, I'm interested by how things work. So what was going on with people causing that variability? And I kept looking for explanations, and other than, you know, a bad cold, too much alcohol, lack of sleep, no one could give me really a credible reason for what caused this variability. And I saw that the world of business didn't need more processes, didn't need more ways of how to do things. They just needed to have people be really smart and intelligent and brilliant when they did the things that they had. 
I, I saw that uh, you know you can improve a strategy process, or you could have people show up at their best, and the latter was a much better way. So I was curious, and then about 17 years ago, I came across this understanding of a lovely gentleman called Sid Banks, where in very very simple terms he explained what was going on in people that caused that variability. And I learned a tiny bit about it, and I saw the immediate impact in that what it did is it explained what was going on, and more importantly, it pointed to the fact that the brilliant mode we occasionally find ourselves in is actually who we are designed to be. Hmm. So whereas you ask most people, have they had a brilliant moment? They will say yes. In fact, teams will talk about it for years. You know, I remember that time we did this great thing. Most people view those moments of brilliance as a lucky, rare moment. The stars were aligned, the, you know, the wind was in the right direction, and, we got, and it happened. As opposed to, it's actually who we are. And when I saw that it's actually who we are, the question became, well, why aren't we there more? And I saw that it was because we don't understand how the equipment works that we're not there more. And so we innocently keep compromising it. It's like if you don't understand how a car works, you won't really get the best out of that car. If you don't understand how the computer works, it'll be hit and miss whether you can use it effectively. Well, if you don't understand how the human mind works, it's going to be hit or miss how well it works. So when I saw this, I, I got quite excited. Um, and with a colleague, we left the big consulting company. Uh, so this is about 22 years into my career. Uh, and we set up a company to start sharing this with the business world. And the results that our clients have produced have been remarkable. I mean, they will take what you would call an intractable problem. So this is a problem that it's had the big consulting company in, it's had the task force, it's had the design for Six Sigma people. I mean, it's had the, the whole world thrown at it, and the problem is still there unsolved. We will go in, we will give people a bit of this very basic understanding, and then in a matter of days, literally days, they will solve the problem beyond what they thought was reasonable. And everybody says, well, you know, how do you do this? And what we keep saying is, we don't do this. What we help people see is that built into them is this fabulously designed system that actually is brilliant, and it's that that does it. So another way to say that is that built into people is an inherent design for success. And when, when I use the word success, I don't mean rich, famous. Um, I mean built into us is a a system that allows us to respond psychologically to anything that, that life has going on. We have this capacity in us to be in life in a very healthy and productive way. Uh, it's with us from the day we were born. And the only thing that has it not show up so much is a misunderstanding of how it operates. In the same way that most people have health and an immune system that's functioning well, and if you go back 200 years, most people were chronically ill because they kept compromising their immune system. Why? Because they didn't understand it. They didn't know they had an immune system. Mm. Well, most people don't know much about how their mind works. Mm. And it doesn't take very long to explain it to them and show it to them and then have them play with it and see, wow, I can actually be at my best much more reliably than I was in the past. Mm. Now, the outcome is not that we become brilliant all the time. But if you were brilliant 5% of the time, you get to 50 rather than 5. And also, equally important, when you're not brilliant, you know what's going on and you don't make a mess of it. I mean, how many people have, I'm going to date myself now, have been listening to a voicemail at 8 o'clock at night, they get upset, they hit the reply button, they leave a reply, and then the next morning they're going, what was I doing? Because in the morning it doesn't look the same. 
Well, if you know what's going on, you won't hit the reply button. You'll leave it alone and you'll let the system essentially come back into balance on its own. And when it's back in balance, you'll be intelligent again. So what we, we have shown is that Sid Banks was pointing to the fact that we are all inherently brilliant. And that's the default state. That's the factory setting. But if you compromise the equipment, that factory setting doesn't show up as much. But if you learn how the system works, you'll stop doing the compromising and it shows up. So the beautiful thing about this eye is there's no doing involved. There's no technique. There's just an understanding that you acquire. And the more you see it, the more you know how to get out of the way and let this brilliance show up. And to give you just a few, just for, that, for our leaders, to give you a small example. And by the way, if you're... If you're driving listening to this, don't do this next part. But if you're sitting down, I would recommend you do this. So just think for a moment, and this is to, to your listeners, just think for a moment of a time when you were, you were peaceful on the inside. Not that you were doing nothing, but if you looked inside, you, were, you felt very peaceful. So just think, remember that moment for a second. So if you haven't got one yet pause the tape pause the recording um tape <laughs> the recording and wait until you you remember a moment where you were at peace now the second part of this experiment is remember what qualities were available for you at that time and again maybe to make it simple pause pause the recording and look what was available now, what we would then ask you is what they were, and most people give us a pretty similar list of things. I felt uh, calm, I could concentrate, I had good ideas, my mind was open. Everything's possible. Everything's possible. Um, I felt love, I felt kindness, I felt compassion. I seemed to be able to think for myself. I mean, people describe a lovely list of characteristics. And when we do this in a room, everybody usually agrees on the list. There's nobody who says, no, no, that, that wasn't and true. And you do this in business. Yeah, we do this to, to demonstrate this in business. Yeah. And then the next question we ask people is, when those things were present, did you make them happen or did they just show up? And as people reflect, in fact, listener, you reflect also, did you make them happen or did they just show up? And most people say, well, no, they just showed up. I didn't make myself confident. I didn't make myself insightful. I just I just was. And so our point, which is to support this, this inherent design, is if you didn't make them happen, where did they come from? And everybody tends to conclude, well, if I didn't make them happen, they must be innate. What does innate mean? Innate means built in. Oh. So you have an immune system that's innate. It's built into you. Mm. Your The beating of your heart is innate. You don't get up and say, oh, I better make sure my heart beats today. <laughs> no, get, it, just, it just is. It's the design. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? You have this intelligence flowing through you, this ability to be brilliant, and it's built into you. Mm -hmm. If anybody has been with a small child, you know, one, two, three years old, and they're, and they're not tired, and they're not hungry, and they're awake, they're mostly brilliant. Mm -hmm. They're happy. They're learning at an astronomical rate. I mean, they learn, they learn how to walk without anybody really teaching. They learn language without anybody teaching them language. They hear people speaking and they assemble language. Some of the studies, I don't know whether these are accurate, they say that you learn 50% of everything you learn in life by the end of age five. Now, how much schooling do you get between zero and age five? Not much. 
So the experiment which I just described is to have people realize that in them is everything they need. The issue is access. And access comes from understanding how it works. If I don't understand how a car works, I'm going to grind the gears and mm. I'm going to you know, misuse the equipment. But the minute someone tells me... So that's all we do. We very simply have people mm. see that built into them is this design for, for successful functioning. Mm. That's always been with them, that will always be with them. But since no one's ever pointed it out to them, it's been hit or miss when it shows up. So how would that work uh, also for financial success? Have you seen examples of that? Well, what, what it's an interesting question. What we what happens is when people seem to be in that default setting, a lot of the stuff that they want in life settles down and disappears. What they realize is they just had picked up somewhere that they had to be like this or they had mm. to be like that. And so I know a lot of people who, who when they connect with this innate um, sort of wisdom, realize that they're actually not interested in money. Mm. And then I see other people who realize they love to, to have money and they see a very intelligent way to do it. They get insights. In fact, mm. the reason we're called insight principles is one of the characteristics of this design for success is you have insights. They show you and explain to you you know, what you should or shouldn't do. So so what would an insight be like to just really understand what you mean by insight? Um, well, and, and I'm, I'm glad you asked me the question. One of the difficulties we have with this understanding is we're pointing to something which is essentially invisible, but we're trying mm. to use words which are, especially when you cross language barriers, are poor friends. What I mean by the word insight is a moment of understanding. So I did not see something, I did not realize something, then all of a sudden my thinking shifts and it now becomes clear. It's an, what some people might call an aha moment. Mm -hmm. So what we do with businesses is essentially help them have aha moments about their massive problems. Mm -hmm. So a team's been struggling with something for years, we get them together, they learn about this design for success, and then collectively they have a series of insights that resolve it. And I'm not talking about small, I'm talking about massive insights that mm -hmm. generate $100 million of revenue, that solve a $15 billion problem, that figure out how to cut a budget by 25%, you know, overnight without harming a business. I mean, people get tremendously creative ideas. Now, they've had them all their lives, except most people don't have the insight in the meeting where they need the insight. At best, they have it when they're walking the dog or in the shower or, you know, when they wake up. But what we want people to know is that part of this design for success is to have insights in the moment when you need them. And if you sit any, in any business meeting which is atten attending to a problem, what's missing is a new way of thinking to resolve the problem. Hmm. So when people have these insights, it changes things dramatically. And it can change things at a level of your personal life, but in the world of business, it changes what you see that you didn't see. I mean, a, a brilliant example would be... Um, a team we worked with that had been given in and had been told that their profit forecast was not mm -hmm. high enough. Okay. And they'd been told that they had to raise it from 600 million to 700 million. And they were told this five weeks before the fiscal year started. Mm. Now, their original target of 600 was not made up out of thin air. They'd actually studied it. They'd gone through a planning process and they now had a firm belief that 600 was doable. And then the corporation said, no, 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 we want 700. Well, smart people, they get 25 of them together. They run a process, um, a bit like a GE sort of workout process, flip charts, post-its. 
and they come up with $35 million of new ideas, or ideas that would generate $35 million of new earnings. Now remember the gap's 100, and they came up with 35, and the 35 were just ideas. And what happens when you implement an idea, you typically get 50, 50% if you're lucky. But even if they got 100%, they're short. The CEO knew us, had worked with us, he calls us back in. We essentially repeat the same meeting with the same people, except at the front end we give them this understanding. And they again have a workout where they look for new ideas. So exactly what was this understanding? This understanding, how the, how the mind works. Yeah, can you explain that just one more time? Yeah, just well, um, it's, it's very, very simple. Um, uh, we have these set of functions operating in us, mm-hmm. these set of what I'd call psychological or, or uh, mental functions. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they determine essentially how we experience life. So the, the big misunderstanding that exists today in humanity is that we think our, how we feel and our experience is coming from the outside. So I hear the stock market's gone down, mm-hmm. I'm worried, what's the cause of my worry? The stock market. Well, that's not accurate. If you look at when the stock market goes down and you interview 10 people, mm-hmm. some will be worried, some won't care. Some will be happy because when it goes down, maybe I can buy in. So you'll see that if it was the stock market causing the worry, everybody would have, the same, the, same. have the same experience. Uh-huh. What you notice, it's the thinking going on in people that's causing their experience. So they're thinking about the stock market. Yes. And those who are not thinking about it won't even notice that it went down. I mean, it's what, what happens in the, in the cinema or the movie theaters. When you go and watch a movie, it's the same movie and everybody has a slightly different experience. I loved it. It was great. Oh, no, the plot was terrible. Oh, did you see the, the, the views they had and the filming? Well, it's the same movie. Why are people having different experiences? Because they're having different thoughts on the inside. Mm. So the first thing we have people see, in fact, it's now actually the second thing we have people see, is we have people see that what they think is being created by the outside world is actually being created in them. Mm. And then the second thing we have them see, which we now do first, is we have them see that they don't have to manage that. There's actually intelligence built into the equipment to manage that for them. Like the feeling of peace you were talking about before. Yeah. Yeah. Or like when I'm now, I'm talking to you, Mm. you're listening to a recording, sound waves are hitting your eardrums, Mm. and three little bones in your ears are moving and pressing nerves, and my voice is turning up in your head. Mm. You're not doing that. Mm. It's happening now. There's There's an intelligent system in you running that. And you're making sense, or you're objecting, or you're comparing it to other things, or you're not listening to me, you're listening to another thought you have in your head, because tonight you've got this thing going on. So it's an internal process which matters, not what's happening externally. Hmm. And the mind knows how to manage all of that. Now, when people see that, two things happen. One is they, they start to react less, because they hmm. see that the thing outside of them is not causing their experience. They see it's hmm. something in them. So they... Hmm. The source of their experience shifts. Hmm. Um, so their attention, what they pay attention to shifts. Hmm. It's a bit like um, your car overheats in traffic, the engine overheats. You don't go and look at the car next door. You look at your car. It would be ridiculous to go and check the car next door. <laughs> it has nothing to do with your car. Well, looking at the circumstances as a source of your experience is like looking at the other car. Now, there are circumstances going on, but whether you notice them or what you make of them is an internal process going on in you all the time. Hmm. And mostly you're unaware of it. Now, the more you become aware of it, the less you tend to react to the world. And the less you tend to react to the world, you find yourself 
more connected to those qualities we just talked about. Mm. This intelligence, more intelligent. Yeah, or, yeah. This, yeah. This, uh, this, in, this intelligence, this wisdom, this, uh, this knowledge. Mm. And the more in touch you are with that, your ability to solve problems, understand deeply what to do, know to leave things alone, know to push for financial success, know mm. to back off, the more it becomes obvious. I, I'm sure those people who only found the 35 million revenue extra, they were very stressed when you met them. Yeah, and had the training with them. So yeah. how, how does that look like when you meet those really people in really great stress? Well, when you have people learn where their experience comes from, they realize that the stress was not coming from the the target. And that's like they get that in. Well, it one takes day. A, it takes a while for people to get that, but at some point they say, "Yeah, it's my thinking about the target." And then you look around the room, and not everybody is stressed. And at some point they relax and they say, "Look, we'll either come up with more than thirty-five, or we we won't." But mm. That's not the reason to be unhappy. Mm. And then as they, they naturally relax, the wisdom shows up in the room. And then as they attack the problem, they start to see all these things they didn't see. Mm. And to just you know, give you the, the, the sort of the second part of that story, when they repeated their workshop using this understanding, they came up with $450 million worth of ideas. <gasps> now, it was still only ideas, yeah. but it was an order of magnitude to so 10 times more ideas. Now, they had to go and sort the ideas out because not all of the ideas were good. Some mm. of them competed. Some of them were great, but were going to take 18 months and they needed the money next year. Mm. But when everybody came back, because this happened just before Christmas, when everybody came back in the new year, a small team took the 450 and boiled it down to around 200 million mm. of specific ideas to implement. Mm. They implemented them and they hit their target. Wow. Now, same people, same problem. Different understanding, different result. And you see that a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we have yet to. We've been doing this for sixteen years, and we 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 work with a lot of companies, and we've yet to see a group that was not able to produce a remarkable result in a short amount of time by first learning this understanding. Hmm. And I could, I mean, I could give you count. I mean, these are unbelievable results. These are they cut a development timeline in half. You know, they resolve a problem that's been unresolved for 10 years. Mm. You know, there's a plant that they need to, a manufacturing facility they need to shut down and they don't, and 900 people are going to lose their jobs and they just mm. don't know how to save it. And then in three days they figure out how to save it and mm. then they implement the plan and nine years later they that plant is still running. So they're really, as a consultant, what the results mm. I saw these clients produce were remarkable. Mm. And it's just a testament to this brilliance that's built into us. Mm. Which, by the way, everybody has experienced. Everybody's had moments of brilliance, whether it's in sport, in arts, um, in a parenting conversation, mm. uh, at work. Everybody's had these moments where they've surprised themselves. Mm. And the only misunderstanding I had is they thought it was unusual. Oh. Um, and and whereas we say, it's, we think it's actually who we are. So what would you say, like, people are talking a lot about building self-confidence. What would you have to say to that? Well... If you weren't scaring yourself, you would be confident. So you don't have to build self-confidence. It's actually innate. What you have to do is you have to see, oh, I'm just scaring myself. And when I'm not scaring myself, guess what I am? (laughs) And then if you see the mechanism for scaring yourself, which is I just start to have thoughts in my head, which I believe, Mm. and then I make this opera in my head, (laughs) and then I freak myself out. I mean, it's like the child who doesn't want to go to sleep because there, because there's something under the bed. Mm. And you go in, you show them there's nothing on the bed. But in their mind, mm. they're creating this real experience that there's something under the bed. 
Now, at some point, because of the intelligence built into humans, they realize there's nothing in the bed. It was just something they were making up. Mm. And then they don't. Mm. So if you think you need to become more confident, mm. it's very useful to see that you actually have it built into you. Mm. You're just scaring yourself. Mm. And so it's a lot easier to let something innate emerge than to have to create something. Absolutely. And then, you know, you still might be, you know, lack confidence from time to time. But with this understanding, you'll see that it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's just you're having an insecure thought. Yeah. And as long as you entertain the insecure thought, you'll be insecure. Yeah. And at some point, the system will remind you that that's just your thinking. And then the thought will fade. Sounds like a much less work. Yeah, very little work. Yeah. All you have to do is learn how something works. See it for yourself. Because yeah. this is not an intellectual thing. It's yeah. like riding a bicycle. You've got to yeah. get the balance. And once you've got balance, it's like, it doesn't mean you never fall off the bicycle. But when you fall off, you know what happened. And mm. you get back on and you ride again. Well, this is not a panacea, so a miracle solution. And you never have any upset in your life. Mm. But statistically, I have a lot less upset. Mm. It doesn't last for long when I have it. Mm. And afterwards, I see what happened and it's not a big deal. So it's it's a bit, you know, in, um, I don't know if you have this in Norway, but uh, in the U.S. there's a spray called WD-40. It's a it's a, it's an oil that you spray on things which are stuck and it yeah. frees them up. It's like, a, it's called a penetrating oil. Well, this is like the WD-40 for the human mind. It sort of, <laughs> it sort of eases the gears which are grinding a bit. It flushes the sand out of the system and then the gears are actually perfectly well designed to turn if there's nothing getting in the way of them. Mm. And if you look at a baby... There's no grit or sand in the gears. I mean, mm. babies are, I mean, they're a really pure form of what we're talking about. Mm. And then we go through life, we get conditioned, people tell us stuff, we believe them, and we think mm. that, you know, life is something you have to work hard at, and we overburden the system, which makes it underperform. Mm. When you see what's causing the over, the burdening of the system, you stop. So this will also lead to, like, uh, continuous success, because I'm really sort of into understanding how we can have success over time not yeah. only like reaching a goal that's one year yeah. ahead and we're done but yeah. like lifelong success if yeah. you can call it like that yeah our intention when we share this understanding with an organization it's just it's it's for an ongoing capacity not just mm. for the problem and then over time the capacity deepens in the same way that when you first learned to drive you weren't very good mm. You got good enough to pass your driver's license, and then the way you got better is you just drove more. Mm. And the more you drove, the more familiar it became. And then at some point, it became subliminal. So when you drive a car now, you're not thinking too hard, but it's in the background. Well, this is what happens with this understanding. It gets in the background, and so we, we work with teams, and we see them two years, three years, five years later, and they're doing great, and they're not working too hard at it. Mm. And every now and then they'll wobble a bit, and then someone will say, hang on, I think we're getting caught up and we've forgotten what we know. Like caught up in their... Their thoughts or forgetting how the, the equipment works. Yeah. They'll get caught up in what I'd call the, the misunderstanding of how the system works. And then someone will remind them, and they go, oh, yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah. And then they'll be back. Mm. And then it will ripple out, because if you have a leader who learns this, mm. their way of leading changes. Mm. So how, how does it change? How can you see that? How... Well, well, if you, if you understand that built into everybody is a design for success, you you start talking to the wisdom in people, okay. not in who's actually in front of you. Okay. So if I have someone who's behaving badly or upset or you know um, 
not being intelligent, mm. I could respond to the, the person I'm seeing. Mm. Or I could remember that in them is this great brilliance, but it's just a bit lost at the moment. Okay. If I keep talking to the brilliance, guess what happens? It shows up. So if people talk badly to you as a leader, you should just ignore that? No, I'm not. I'm saying, well, first of all, um, uh, I, if you want to put it into steps, if I'm not settled, I might make something out of it and get affected. Mm. And it still happens to me a lot. <laughs> But if I remember what's going on, I'll realize that there is no power outside that can hurt me or impact mm. me. And then if the person's talking badly or rudely or disrespectfully, I'll get curious what's going on with them. Okay. And I will see that maybe they're caught up in something, they're bothered or... And if they've never learned this, I mean, they'll, they'll be doing what everybody else in the planet is, which is just reacting to a situation. Yeah. Now, I can um, take that into account mm. um, intelligently. Now, sometimes it's better to sort of end the conversation. Mm. Anybody who's married knows this. Sometimes <laughs> you want to not talk about it now. Or sometimes you can intervene in a way to help that person get back in balance. Mm. Or sometimes you can just be kind and patient and the person stay explain and you're not resisting or pushing back they eventually mm. what's going on with them dissipates mm. and they come in english we say they come to their senses yeah. they come back to their senses and then you continue the conversation yeah. uh, leaders who've learned this have have got very very wise about paying attention to where they are and where their people are at any point in time okay so so for example if a um if an example of a leader I was sitting in a meeting with the, the CEO of a company, the head of one of his departments showed up, and he was running a bit late, that person, and when he sh showed up, he looked like he was completely wired. He was, like, frantic. He, I'm sorry, I'm late, let's get on with the meeting. And his boss um, said, uh, Pete, are you are you okay to have the meeting, or do you need a couple of minutes to settle down? You look like you've just come from a very busy meeting. And Pete was, no, 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 let's, let's get on with it. We're late, we've got another meeting. And so his boss says, Pete, Do you need a couple of minutes to settle down? It looks like you're a bit busy. No, 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 let's get on, guy. And then the boss, the CEO said, Pete, would you like a couple of minutes to settle down? Now, when the boss asks you the same question three times, mm. Pete all of a sudden stops, registers, hang on, what's going on? He does an internal check. He sort of looks and he notices how scrambled and frantic he is on the inside. And so he said, you're right, give me a couple of minutes. And he sits there, and you can see him just settling down. He's not doing anything. He's just letting the tension drain out of the system. The CEO does a bit of email. I wait patiently. And about five minutes later, Pete's eyeballs are no longer rotating, flipping around. And, and Pete is actually now in the room with us. We sit down and have the meeting, and it takes 20 minutes. Now, if the CEO hadn't noticed where Pete was, we would have been in a one-and-a-half-hour crazy conversation, and we would have probably not gotten anything done. So when leaders see this, it gives them tremendous ability to draw out the best in themselves and in their people. So, so just to end this fantastic conversation, what number one tip would you have to a leader uh, to start living this uh, powerful understanding in his or her daily life? Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. Um, I would I would recommend to the leader that in those moments of peace to pay attention to them. Because okay. mostly what happens is they blow by, we take them for granted, and we don't make much of them. But when things go wrong, we make much of that. Yeah. Flip it around. And notice what is uh, 
what one is capable of and what one is present to in those moments. Make that the sort of the anchor and the center of your attention. And then what will happen is you'll remember it more when you're not there. And you'll remember that that's in you. And the more you remember that that's in you, you will gravitate back to that. That would be my simple... Notice those moments of peace and wisdom and remember or realize that that's actually who you are. Thank you. Well, thank you, Aya. Thank you. If you want to know more about how Ken and Robin works here in Norway, send a mail to aya at ayahum.com So I will give you a little more info about that. Thank you so much for listening, everybody.